intro. BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services. Here we discuss all things fitness, running, rucking, endurance, obstacle course racing, and more. Welcome to the BeastNet. Is your event canceled? Is everything out there closed? Well, here at BeastNet, we found something that everybody can do. It's the Everything Live is Cancelled virtual race. And we have options for people who can get outdoors and those who can't. Join us and Brianne Showman from Get Your Fix Physical Therapy. Find the details on BeastNet's Facebook and website, www.beastnetpod.com. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet here. And on this week's episode, I have with me Becky Rogers. Um, Becky, let let the audience know a little bit about who you are. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show. I am a strength and conditioning coach that lives up in Seabeck, Washington. It's kind of out across from Seattle. I specialize in endurance, primarily ultra endurance and mindset uh, for that. I have four kids and um, I myself run hundreds of well, hopefully here it'll be 2,650 mile distances in the mountains. So I'm ramping up for that latter number in June. So that's what I do. I do work with a lot of Spartan athletes, OCR athletes, and various uh, ultra endurance athletes or folks that just say, I would like to start running. How do I run? And oftentimes they end up uh, kind of going into the 25K distance and the 50 mile distance and stuff. So that's what I do. Nice. So we talked a little bit beforehand um, on some of the stuff that you have done and some of the stuff you have coming up. You mentioned that what you have coming up in June. What is, let everyone know what that is, the, the, what you're going for. So I've, I've, I've done a lot of sports. I've played college soccer and I wrestled and softball and I, you know, pretty, pretty big athlete growing up. I actually did my first ultra when I was, I think it was 12 with my family. <laughs> it was a canoe circuit. Uh, so we canoed over a hundred miles in this big, huge circuit up in Canada. Um, so I've been doing all sorts of things for many years. And when I hit my thirties, I started running just to try to get back in shape because I have mm-hmm. four kids and, you know, all of, ooh, I was getting a little bit out of shape feeling like maybe I can run a mile. And honestly, it didn't go well. The first time I tried to go back to running, it <laughs> wasn't pretty, but eventually yeah. I got back in shape and I started seeing this ultra running and I, I, I kind of got hooked into this trail running. Okay, I'm going to try a 50K. I don't know how this is going to go. Progressed up for after a few years to 100 miles, 200 mile races. And then this this summer, um, I've always wanted to do the Pacific Crest Trail hike it since I was like 18. Mm-hmm. And this this last year, I uh, kind of had done a lot of 200s and I, I kind of got to the point because I'm 41. Actually, it's that when I was 40, but I, I was kind of like how much longer can I do this for what do I really want to do races I don't know about racing anymore I'm just feeling like what I really got to you never know when life's going to be over with what do I really want to do I want to go back and do the PCT so I asked my husband who's also an ultra runner I said can I do the Pacific Crest Channel can I just get it done this next year what if I train for it he goes well how far is it I said well it's 2650 ish miles and he kind of looked at me like, okay. He goes, well, I have two months. I think I can get off work to help you two months. And I mm-hmm. said, oh, okay, okay. I think I can do it that fast. I ran the numbers in my head. So I think I could do it that fast. 
And then I looked at him and I said, but what's the record on it? And there was a long silence. We didn't know. And so he checks it on his phone. He goes, well, the, the male record is 52 days. I said, oh, well, let's just go for that. Then. So that's yeah. what we're doing. I've been training for for over a year um, exclusively for that. Um, and we're actually shooting for 50 days. Current record is is fifty two and some change um, for the supported record from south to north. So there's specifics like whether you go north to south. But I'm doing the south to yeah. north. And there isn't a standing female record for the supported. There is one for the unsupported. But um, but you know, in the world of really long trail, like you, you tend to go after it, it, there's the gender gap is not really so significant there. So we're going to go after the overall record and see what happens. And honestly, it's just mostly about the journey. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to do it for a long time. And I really think I, um, we've had some practice runs. Um, we did a practice. I'm working with Erdun Uruk, who has, I think, 14 standing uh, world records in basically circumventing the globe, um, those sorts of things. He's one of the coaches I'm working with, and also Joel Jamerson. They've both been working this whole entire year with me on um, just recovery techniques with Joel, nitpicking through some of those because it's really a recovery game when you go for 50 days straight. And then Erdin has had Erdin was was doing an endurance event for five years straight. Um, so and he has the most time at sea solo of basically anyone alive. So which it does pertain to this because it's an endurance event. And he did circumventing the globe. You do have to hike a tremendous amount. And so they, those two guys have been really um, awesome. We've been doing some practice runs and holding the pace I need to hold with my my small team and my husband and my um, girlfriend Dolores. And that's it. You know just resupplying me basically um so that's what i'm going after this june yeah and the pacific crest trail that's the one that runs from the border of mexico to the border of canada correct right from campo all the way up into bc well basically right there yeah. so yeah it's a beautiful it's a scenic trail um yeah so i know i talked to i we had a friend that uh, a male friend that wasn't trying to do it quickly he was trying to hike it right and right. he ended up uh I think he ended up in Tahoe and just never, never left, but we kind of lost. Yeah. You know, how, what hour of her speed, I've done quite a bit of it at, uh, you know, casual paces and it's just a gorgeous trail. And that was initially the idea, but I mean, when you have four kids and full-time job, um, you know how that can be. You don't have the luxury necessarily of taking five months to do it. So it all kind of started off as like, I just want to get it done. This is going to be so cool to, well, I ha- I'm going to do it at this pace anyway. So, and now, yeah. and, and it turns out that that's actually quite difficult to do. And it's a 54 mile a day pace over that kind of terrain with mm-hmm. substantial weight because of the water. And even though I'm supported, I'm actually going pretty heavy. I, I don't have, I, I'm not taking a crew, five crews. I don't have people carrying my stuff for me. I'm not doing it that way. So, um, I'm an, I have, I'm trained with, uh, kind of a ruck style. I train with up to 20 pounds. Um, for generally five plus hours a day um, up and down mountains. But I also do a lot of other things like lifting, you know, what strongman lifts with like boulders and stuff in my yard. And so it's, 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 it's a pretty intense training schedule. Well, I mean, for, for what you're planning on doing, I would think you would need that pretty intense training well, schedule. Time, yeah. You do, you yeah. do build up to it over many years and you have to, you're right. Otherwise you'll yeah. bust your, bust yourself. <laughs> So. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, that, that takes, 
Yeah, that's that's a, n- a new level. That's eventually I want to get to a point where I, where I'm healthy again. That's what I've been working on. So, I mean, I did a marathon last year, but to do a marathon took me eight hours. So I've well, you, you need know. to talk to me. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I I mean, when we're done here, you can talk to me. Send me some emails, yeah. and I'll look through your stuff and troubleshoot because that's what I do. I, I'm well, a that was performance that was what, architect, is what we're called. <laughs> Is uh four years ago I, I shattered my left foot. I I broke okay. the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth metacarsals all the way across. Okay. So I've had major issues coming back from so that, and that's been I, my big problem. I broke my left femur. I think it was five years ago. Oh. And yeah, and so I spent about six months swimming in the deep end of a swimming pool. Um. Because I couldn't really put a lot of weight on it, and it's a really mm. weird place, as as you know, if you've broken your foot, the femur you can't really cast that. It's it's a strange injury, yeah. and so I hear you. It was it took about two years to really, um, really get back from that. I mean, I had to relearn yeah. how to walk. It was, and that's been me, funky. Because and, and so my problem was is I I did everything wrong in the beginning. I used as a, you know, like when we were talking earlier, I used as an excuse that, oh, my foot's broke, so I can sit on the couch and eat potato chips. So I went from probably about 180, 190 when I broke my foot to by the time they said I could really do anything again, I was close to 250. Yeah, that makes it tough on the, the foot too. So. Yeah, and then it just got worse from there. You know, it's like, oh, well, the foot hurts every time I try to run. So right. I didn't run. And then I just, and I kept making bad choices. And now I'm like, four years later, I'm 260. And that's after losing 20 pounds. Well, you, you know, know, what I always say is you can't go back and fix that stuff. Nope. Uh, and start that's where you are, use forward. what you have, do what you can. I mean, that's yep. what I, I, when I get into a, a situation that just feels like, you know, I like, uh, yeah, I, I got injured at my 200 mile race this last this last year. I never get hurt, and I somehow did this year. And um, my leg, my quadricep was torn, and I still had 70 miles to go. And I, I literally, I mean, Bigfoot 200 is a very vertical race. So in the middle of the night, in the rain, laying on the side of a hill, and I was at that point in the top five females. So <laughs> I had been burning pretty hard, and um, was really kind of went through a moment of devastation. Cause I, I really wanted it. And I, I was like, how did this happen? I've never hurt myself like this. I'm 41 years old. I've never injured myself like this. I've done a lot of things, but I've never done this. And I'm like, how the hell am I going to get up this mountain? How the hell am I going to go 70 miles? And I kind of had a little panic thing. And I was like, okay, we're just going to start where I am. Where am I? I'm alive. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm really not that bad. I, I was still, I'm still bitching. So that I certainly am not that bad. I have my truck bowls. I've got my right leg. It's still intact. And I had had a DEXA scan done um, as part of this lead up to the PCT. I've been monitoring. We, my coaches and I have been monitoring my, my muscle mass and everything a lot with DEXA. Mm-hmm. And I knew that my, my body, I mean, I have like 112 pounds of muscle and lean mass on like a 135 pound frame. Like I'm just solid muscle. And I knew my right leg was actually slightly more muscular. So I was like, well, my bones are really good. I knew all that. So I'm like, well, you're just going to hop. Do that. You can take one more step. You can hop one more step. You've got really strong arms. You can dig in and you can hop. And I I finally got into the aid station, took a little nap, had the, the guy take me up, um, was kind of silly honestly it was probably just placebo effect tap me on the shoulder and say we trust that 
you won't have to push the bailout button because they, you know, they have to send a helicopter in on the next section if you can't get out. So <laughs> they actually yeah. had to do that this year with somebody that was up there, unfortunately. Um, hmm. And I was like, can't believe they're letting me leave this aid station you know, like this because I can't even hardly walk. And you know what? I actually, I, I actually PR'd the race by six hours. Wow. Yeah. And that's so, uh, that goes into your story here. You, yes. you, you've already done all the things, you know, you know what, yep. what happened. And now it's just start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. It's only up from here. And that's my, that's what I'm trying to do right now. And that's kind of the, and that was honestly the whole thing with this, this, you know, wonderful coronavirus. I had literally, I, I've dropped 20 pounds. I was back on the schedule of hitting the gym three times a week, you know, and, and doing everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, I live in Washington and they're like, cool. All right. No more gyms. Yeah, I live up here in uh, across from Seattle too, and it's just yeah. everything shut. It's yep crazy. So it's kind of <laughs> all of a sudden it's like okay, well I just got on this, you know, and it's it's one of the things, you know, one of the reasons that we want to talk to some coaches like you and stuff is because it's trying well, to figure I've out got, what to do. We've got some tips for you, like uh, yeah. all what my clients are pretty much locked gym. in. Yeah, um, yeah. step up uh, high intensity continuous training. Have you tried doing that? Um, not yet. That's kind of one of the things I've been, I've been trying to figure out. Cause what, what I, I do have, I really love HICT. It is awesome. Uh, yeah. I use it all. I mean, basically that's what hiking is. Power, uh, fast packing is, uh, pulling tires. I, I do have, I take a tire and I strap it to my waist and I jog up these logging roads this, of something some ultra runners do. To it, it, and you don't go fast and you only go up when you're doing this and you're not weighted, but that is actually kind of a form of high intensity continuous training. Um, but there's another one, I, I, Mike Robertson, Robertson's Training Systems. I interviewed with him a couple months ago, but he actually has it on his website. So you can go there and check it out um, where he explains it really thoroughly. But basically, you step up on a box and certain protocol for doing that that I can give you guys after we're done here. And it's mm-hmm. it is, um, not that bad. Like, you don't get your heart rate up too high. It's like, you know, probably six, seven out of 10 RPE. Um, and in a specific heart rate zone, like mid midline. Um, but man, do you feel good after it? it? It, what it does is it, it turns as many fast twitch muscle fibers into endurance based fibers as possible, which is po- it, you know, so not all your fast twitch muscle fibers remain fat. You can actually change some of them over to mid twitch is what they're called. And for obviously for an ultra runner like me, that's super valuable because we want to, yeah. we want to produce a lot of endurance in, in, well, I have a lot of fast, it genetically have a lot of fast twitch muscle fibers. So by using HICT train, which you can do on a stationary bike, you could, I mean, there's lots of forms and you could do it with the step ups. You can actually do it with up uphill lunges. I've seen that done before, but, um, and tire pulling or walking uphill like a ruck pack if you use an incline treadmill. But if you're stuck inside an apartment and you do not have a treadmill, and you don't want to be jumping around because your neighbors will get pissed off at you. Jump roping may not be, you know, I, I know I've, I've had that happen yeah. to me before. Um, the step up, stepping up and doing the step up HICT, which you could actually put a sandbag or like a backpack um, with some weight in it will increase your heart rate. Depending on what kind of shape you're in, you may need to add some weight to it or just even dumbbells will work. Um, but I, I, like I said, I can give you guys some data on that when we get off here that's yeah. more specific. Um and just the layout of how I would recommend, depending on the fitness level that I, I really like that HICT. It is, I use it a lot with the athletes I train for ultra running. Um, HICT. It works okay. it, high intensity, continuous training. It okay. um, works really well in conjunction with further accessory training, like 
strength training afterwards, like mm -hmm. um, maces, um, which is another thing that a lot of people could do at home, depending on how high their ceilings are, if they're stuck inside. But uh, mace training or sandbag training, um, those two mm -hmm. things um, are great. Uh, I live on a pretty big property out in the middle of nowhere, so I can actually go outside and everything right now. But um, battle ropes work really well at home. TRX, um, absolutely. TRX is not, if you don't, I have a barbell and I have kettlebells and stuff here because I'm a trainer and that's yeah. what I do. So if you have those things, obviously there's a ton of other stuff you can do, but not everybody can do that. The TRX straps and whatnot work really well inside of a partner um, for most people. So those are all some ideas, but like I said, I really do love that HACT. That if I were to pick one thing that I would suggest looking into is that form of training. It is... Um, <laughs> killer i'm gonna have to look into that one because i know for me at my house what i have is i have all, i actually have a, a bit i have an elliptical i have a treadmill i have the bands i do have a, dar a barbell um i have a, a weight vest that i can adjust from zero pounds to 40 pounds oh, wow. i have a, a 70 pound punching bag and a 50 pound punching bag and then i have two and a half acres oh, to to run around yeah, and then I actually have two walls, you know, uh, Spartan yeah, walls have, out there. I have an eight-foot wall, too. I have a, travel, yeah. a traverse line across our creek. <laughs> it's really yeah, fun. I don't, don't want to tell one. everybody that because they'll be all jealous. Like, oh, and, and, a, and a rope climb off our deck that we kind yeah. of rigged up, which probably needs to be re-rigged. But all that stuff is, uh, you know, big tires. Uh, yep. I also like I doing full -size um, tires. really big. I'm kind of a weirdo because I, I actually look for stones when I it's yeah. took me two years to find my latest stone. Cause I was looking for just the right weight, the next grade up from what I had. So I'll use these, you know, stones that are just found. They're kind of odd shaped stones um, to do like floor to shoulder cross lifts. Um, and I'll do, mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a bit of cardio, but it's not really intended to be depending on how heavy it is compared to what you can lift. It could be cardio. It could be really good strength training, but, um, I've done that for years. And I mean, while I, I'll do it a week before I run a hundred mile race. I mean, this is, so there's a lot of ways you can get creative. I've also yeah. do a lot of um, out if you have access to, you know, remote, like uh, logging roads is what we have up kind of this DNR land of, I live within like 10 minutes of this big, huge natural space that no one really goes up. So it's not going to be an issue with this latest Rona stuff. So I, I go up there and I'll, I'll find an old log. I mean, just usually randomly it drives my husband crazy and I'll just carry it up the mountain, you know, yeah. and I've, I've got a procedure I go through, which is also an HIC, uh, high intensity continuous training. Um, I use it. I use HICT for recovery, honestly, but it is most, for most people it will be a developmental, a high load session. So, um, uh, you know, just carry it up there and man, that is the greatest. And it's a found item. So you can just, you know, come back and get it later or whatnot. I know a lot of um, fairly famous people use similar training like that. Um, I think Cameron Haynes actually carries a giant rock uphill for his, when he's training for his hunting season. I think I saw something on YouTube about that. Yeah. I didn't know that until I ran Mohab and he was in the race and somebody said, Hey, you guys kind of look the same. <laughs> and I started investigating his training and I was like, Oh my God, we do very similar training. It's just, big rocks, carry it up the top of the mountain. The next time you go out, carry it down the mountain. Um, so there's yeah. actually a lot of really fun things. And I can attest that they work if you use them systematically in the right training program. Um, they work really well. And it's not boring. 
Um, you don't, for a runner, you'd think that I'd run more than I actually do. I, I use these, I mean, those step ups that I was talking about, I can use those in place of a, an hour long run pretty easily. So that's, hmm. yeah. Jump roping, See, jump roping works. Jump roping is a good one. Well, the nice part too is finding random things, you know, and that's one of the things that I've, you know, when I, when I was working out before, before I got hurt, that was one of the things I did like to do. I would just find random heavy things and pick them up and carry them. Absolutely. You know, and that, that's kind of the thing is a lot of people are like, I don't have weights. So you have a yard with logs. Go pick one. I, I um, actually have a, a client that um, she's Sarah. She, she, I'm going to tell her that I did this podcast so she can listen to this. She's awesome. She's been a client of mine for quite a number of years, but she's in her 60s and she's one of the strongest women I have ever met. Not only has she finished a 100 mile race, but she's actually a farmer. And so she, she, I always joke, I'm like, I don't know why you need strength training because she goes out and she chops wood for hours on end and deals with steers. And <laughs> I like, Lord, woman, you are in such good yeah. shape. And, and ama- I like these HICT workouts I give her are probably almost laughable. It, it appears that they don't touch her, her heart rate variability. She's, she's that strong. Like they're just a nice, easy session for her. So it, you don't actually have to go out and, you know, buy equipment. You, absolutely can go out just chop wood (laughs) that's quite difficult if you're not used to it so oh it is it's one of the exercises i used to use a lot was i have huge tires out in the yard one of them one of them's big enough that you need at least two people usually to pick it up my goal is to one day be strong enough to do it by myself but (laughs) i have um, one you know and i hooked it up as a sled i i have a prowler but initially i had an mm -hmm. oversized truck tire and i just actually use my battle rope because it still has Mm -hmm. the um the metal in the middle and I would put my, my um, weights, my Olympic plates on there and my sandbags or whatnot and drag the thing all over the place. Like that was a good oh, workout. Go. Um, just use it, just create your own. Uh, most of my clients create their own sleds out of, and there's some blueprints online that I can find you guys, but there's, a, you know, you get an old tire and you can actually create your own sled. You don't have to pay a couple hundred dollars for a prowler and they work great. I mean, that's, that's one of the primary conditioning tools that I use. That's not a bad run, idea. Run cross training because it's not high impact. So you can load it up and they can do an upper body only. They don't really even have to use their legs depending on the what we're trying to do. If we're trying to recover mm-hmm. from some running, then we'll do a he- kind of a heavy pull. Um, but for short segments, like 30 seconds with like a minute off. And it's not for a runner. It's not going to be really intense cardio. You could like watch our heart rate and nothing's really happened. But man, do you feel good because it just flushes the blood through your legs and your arms and you get a mm-hmm really good recovery response overnight. So yeah, that's another (laughs) idea. If you've got enough room um, to do the tire drags uh, that, or, you know, you basically turn them into a prowler that that's, that's also one of my favorite tools or strongman carries, which you can use, you know, there's a ton of different varieties. I I have some heavy kettlebells, but you can use buckets. um, Right. Uh, Spartan athletes, you Bucket carries. 70 I pound mean, buckets. Yep. I have 70 um, pound buckets and then I have some that are 70, 50, and then 35. Then I have Atlas balls. Yeah, uh, see? You, got you know, and one of the things I did too is I, for my arms for a lot, I would use the, uh, a sledgehammer and hit the tires. Oh, so yeah. you kind of got the same yeah. motion as you did cutting wood. So, yeah. I, I've done that and I ended up upgrading to maces because I kind of, I've kind of gotten into the mace training for my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrestled. I have a little, uh, an old, because I'm an older athlete. I don't know for a while doing a lot of crazy stuff. And one of my shoulders got damaged a long time ago. 
when I was really young. And so it's, and anybody who knows shoulders, like, yes, I do. used to have to beat the thing back into place basically to pop out. But ever since I started using the mace training, um, I have not had any shoulder issues. It's been fantastic. So I'm a big fan hmm. of, I know like there's a lot of places that have this stuff, but I think on it has a bunch of free videos that you can go on. You have to look at that one too. You can use sledges for it instead of a mace, but honestly, I like the handles. The mace or I, I just I, nice. I, I upgraded. Let's put it that way to have it like a up to a twenty pound one now. So yeah, you should nice. look into it. It's it's, it's yeah. really fun because I need to I need to strengthen up mine. I dislocated really my shoulder. I've just I've dislocated both shoulders at different times in my life, but right. when I was doing the the Spartan race, um, oh, Los yeah. Olivos in December, I actually dislocated it three times during the race uh, because yeah, I'm, I'm stupid and I just kept putting it, setting it back in, and keep going. Because you know <laughs> the Spartan, like I've I've done a bunch of those, and it I you know all that stuff is fun, the overhead training, and you do a lot of pull ups and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but you can really start having issues with your <laughs> shoulders and your joints if, if you're not taking care of them and other you don't get that rotational yeah. power in the right places and that mace training i actually worked with a local spartan um athlete who's won some spartan and he had some shoulder damage and he, it's the local running club that i was uh i started he came to me and said can you help me with this so i loaned him one of the maces and gave him the programming and he had that thing fixed up within four weeks and he was back so um, he was amazing. It was a 10 pound mace and that's all he needed. It was just some rotational work in the right, the right amounts every week and came all the way back. And I mean, he was messed up. So yeah, look, check those out. Those are something most people can do in their home. I mean, obviously make sure you don't hit anyone with it, but, yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> and you could use a sledge. I have a lot of people that just use sledges. They don't want to buy the maces and that that'll work as, you know, I'd start with, um, between a seven and a 10 pound one though, depending on, uh, even if you're yeah. a big strapping guy, start with a 10 pound one <laughs> Oh yeah, because you need to work your way up slowly. It's deceivingly difficult with some of these, these rotational movements or, you know, when you're doing like a, what do they call it? A, a 210 or a 10, uh, 360 that you need to work up slowly to that. You'll, you'll damage yourself. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And that's, I've, I'm, trust me, I'm, I'm very careful with my shoulders. I, I tore a rotator cuff a few years back and the other one I dislocated. So it was, yeah. And the torn rotator cuff, literally I did it teaching kids how to pitch a baseball. Yeah. That's because I'm a, those, I'm those, a are really, those, those really suck. Those, that's a hard injury to come back from kind of really doesn't ever come back all the way. Yeah. That's, and mine was, is I'm a sidearm thrower because I played shortstop my entire life. Right. So when I was teaching kids how to pitch, of course, I taught them correctly. I was throwing overhand. Well, so, my shoulder wasn't used to it. And because of right. that, for like six hours doing that, I ended up tearing my rotator. Yeah. The overuse. Yep. Yeah. Well, get the yeah. mace. <laughs> get the yeah. Mace. So it's, not, it's not a bad idea. I'm going to have to look into that. So yeah, no, that's a, those are some, some good ideas. And I mean, that's kind of the thing, like I said, we want to, I mean, everyone's, you know, right now in Washington where we seem like we're getting stuck more than most people at the moment, but I feel like everybody else is going to be where we're at soon. So it's kind of, you know, want to make sure everyone has that. You know, instead of looking at it, like we're stuck, you look at an opportunity to learn some new things. Um, Exactly. Like I've looked at my kind of forlorn TRX equipment in my house. Cause honestly, cause I I can't do every, I, I tend to stick in the way I train. I tend to stick to the same type of energy systems for quite a while. Cause that's, Mm -hmm. You know, what you do when you're training pinpointed like I do. Um, you don't want to switch things up too much. You want to keep, like, if you're doing explosive repeats, you keep those for, like, four to, to 
sometimes 12 weeks depending on the programming but that's along with like right now i'm doing mostly sleds and strongman movements with some accessories for my strength training and then i do uh what i'm doing for my ultra running which is mostly some threshold paced uphill work and a lot of fast packing a lot of like basically rucking um endurance mm -hmm. rucking so and i and basically what you're hearing there is two different two different aerobic systems and two different strength systems and that tends to be how i establish programming and no more than two of both for a period of time like a phase mm -hmm. but um for most people gen general population are just trying to maintain fitness and whatnot i mean you've got this you can you can use this time to explore different things like you could do the online there's so many trainers and um companies right now offering free training like i think p90x and all that stuff and that's you know if you're stuck inside just take the time to do some yoga explore that stuff because i mean what else do you have to do and it's, it's just a great opportunity to kind of like i have my trx stuff and i've used it before but honestly i've been really busy i'm kind of looking at going maybe because I, I can't get in and get used to these particular things at my gym that i normally use like maybe i should bring out my trx and start working on that again because it's a good time you know that's well, a good opportunity yeah. for me now get back into it so i just see it as an opportunity and that it is and i mean that's one thing i've thought about because i i have the i own the the p90 the right. old the old one but my biggest problem is is a couple times i've tried it before is really i've got to look at it and figure out how to the jumping right trying to right. jump and that my that foot every time i land on that foot every time i've done it after like two or three days i can barely so, barely walk from jumping on that foot so right right that's kind of so sounds like you need some some ankle and foot strengthening which yeah. i have some stuff that when we're done here i can send you an email i'll help you out oh. with that there's some platforms um some slant board training that i use with all my runners to just help them with their plant leg strength and their foot and mm -hmm. um it'll probably help you quite a bit to get that foot back into jumping shape um slowly but surely so good. yeah like it's sometimes you know i understand like maybe maybe oh pilates i this stuff i've done it i haven't done it recently but um sometimes stuff like that it, it you know this could be a refreshing time to try some new stuff i mean if yeah. it hurts too much don't jump um try yeah. some other things maybe do some um barefoot uh calf you know raises um eccentrics like getting your feet i've got the slant board I, it's i can't it's not really commercially available my husband makes them so i can send you one and um yeah. that will really start it's it's more of an isometric um but that'll yeah. really start helping your feet come back oh, that'd be cool yeah because that's kind of the thing is i want them to come in i mean it's one of those things that even from the after the injury i've still done even after my injury i think 20 something spartan races i keep moving and keep doing stuff i just feel like i'm not i'm not doing enough in between the races you know my my training has been up to snuff and it's like finally i'm i feel so, like i'm getting there and i don't want to let it go while this happens so well, let me ask you yeah. like what is your recovery process right now because i'm i'm a real big on recovery based training so what what is your training like and you don't have to answer me but I, these are the questions i would ask i ask mm -hmm. my clients when they come to me when they want to work with me i'm like okay amongst other things i'll ask them how do you go about recovery how do you see that like how how would you your last three workouts how hard were they on a scale of one to ten ten being like you know I'm, i want to die i want to vomit and one being asleep like how bad were they and if if you're getting a lot of like six seven and every single workout's hitting six seven six seven six seven mm -hmm. or, or worse like higher and every single one is like that six seven eight nine ten 
and then I ask you what's your recovery like, oftentimes what I'll hear is, I don't really know. I don't really yeah. know what that means. And so that is something that I would suggest that you and I can talk about and look through. But that might be just the workload, making sure that you're training, whatever it is you're choosing to do, that your workload is is emphasizing that you come back and recover after one or two developmental sessions a week, one or two mm-hmm. higher load sessions a week. When you start seeing that pattern, you'll you'll actually be making gains. A lot of times what we do, because if you're an athlete like I was, we were, I mean, I'm 41, so we were raised to go, 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 yeah, go, go sweat, go. I mean, we, and it's not, that's just what everybody did. And basically, if you survive college sports, you probably just had good genetics or something because it was like, there was no recovery. You just go, yeah. <laughs> hopefully it didn't break no. preseason, right? Um, and that, I, that's I it. That's simply what we still do. I school sports. <laughs> Uh-huh. I got I got destroyed in high school sports and yeah. uh, blew a knee. So also I was done. The, the pre, yeah. I mean, like you go through daily doubles leading into high school sports, and you get broken during you get shin splints during daily doubles because, of yeah. course, you didn't train before. I mean, this is what I'm a I'm I'm a performance architect. I build I, you know conditioning programs for a living, and that's generally like I have to get an athlete in shape if they're a college or a high school student before they can even go to training because yeah, that's yeah, so. Going back to how this applies to your training right now, if you're doing, or any of us, which is what we naturally tend to do in our age group, we go, 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 and the media and the fitness industry kind of sells that too. Go, 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 go. And we're not recovering enough. And as we age, we need a little bit more recovery than we did when we were 18. Be kind, mm-hmm. a little bit, probably a lot more. So, I mean, making sure that you're programming, you've got lower and higher workload and you've got more lower than higher. So you've got more days at a four out of 10 than eight plus, you know, and that you don't have as many medium days. The medium days, quite honestly, eh, I don't really like them much. I, I, I don't use them very often. I know that could be debated, but I prefer most of the time not to hit medium days. I like a lot of easy, like in my case, it'd be an easy pace jog or in some people's case, an easy walk um, mm-hmm. or, you know, yoga, um, whatever I you know, could name, but whatever in that, in that athlete's life, a, a four out of 10 training session, that's different than a rest day. It's different than the rest day. And then some sessions that are going to push you a little bit for a certain amount of time, like 20 minutes of that session or a longer duration session for me. it'll For me, it's going to be stupidly long, like five hours. But for another athlete, it could be 75 minute run would be a hard session, like because that's pushing. That's their long run for the week. And that's actually pretty typical or a run that's got some sprint intervals or, you know, thresholds in it or something like that. So. Um, making sure that you've got that variety in your program, but you don't put developmental days, the high load days right next to each other, that you give yourself enough rest, especially right now with this, you know, virus and all the stress that's bringing on to everybody. Not yeah. that, that stress still counts. The other thing I would recommend doing is getting a system like uh, I use uh, Morpheus, uh, Joel Jamerson, uh, heart rate variability system, a, a one that actually works well. You don't need to measure heart rate variability every second of the day. Some systems claim that that works, but that's actually not what needs to be done. It's a one te- small test in the morning. It's like a couple minutes where you just lay there after you wake up, you take a test. And the, his system in particular, I really, uh, I've worked pretty closely with him for a few years. And I, his system, I mean, he's literally written the chapter on HRV in textbooks. So He's, you know, a world expert in this, and mm-hmm. um, his system was developed off a lot of pro athletes, um, including myself. So uh, it works fantastic. I have all my clients 
you know, use that one or HRV for training is another really good one that you can get online. Um, and just start getting this data point every day on yourself, making sure you're getting numbers, good numbers, like reliable um, numbers and checking them through time. So you understand who, you know, what your resting heart rate is, what it should be. And so if you start seeing it shift, you're like, I'm under some stress. Is it the stress from my workout or is it stress from my life? You know, maybe yeah. I need to take it easy today. I'm going to take it a little bit easier today. I'm going to cut back and just take an easy, you know, an easy walk with my dog today or whatever, you know, easy run instead of doing, hitting that threshold. Like in my case, like doing those sprints, I'm not going to do that today because my body isn't ready to take it. I'm not ready. And I, I've used Morpheus um, for as long as it's been on, like a year and a half. And then before that was BioForce. So there's a predecessor. And I have like... My train, I've just taken off. My training has taken off if you know how to use this stuff correctly. And most of these systems that, you know, um, the ones that, uh, the ones I listed, Morpheus and HRV for training, they have really good support staff, really good information. I know Joel has an online group where he actually personally answers the questions a lot of the time, which is unheard of. Um, and, you know, lots and lots of information to help people uh, work through what their numbers mean. So that's another thing you can do today even if you're not into huge amounts of training especially with this you know virus and the just all of everybody's lives being extraordinarily stressful getting something like that and starting to check and get to know yourself it's it mm -hmm. it's really valuable because you can actually see your immune system it, it what it does hrv basically sees your cholesterol or your uh, cortisol shift so if you're under stress that number basically on the system you'll see your hrv from the average number drop like if you get a sudden stress then you'll see your hrv go down um and then if you're in a recovery mode it'll from the average it'll actually go up and morpheus actually gives you a percentage of recovery that you know it, once it gets a, about a week's worth of data your baseline it'll give you every day when you take the reading what percentage of total recovery you're at pretty accurate i mean i've been playing around with it for and you also you can record your heart rate from your sessions, whether they're strength, a mixed session, like a Spartan type, you know, kettlebell mm -hmm. session or um, a strength session. You can actually record that into this uh, computer system, this uh, program, and it will, after the session, recalculate your recovery and tell you how much you have left. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a really cool program. So, I and I, like I said, I, I push, I, I push things hard. I, I broke my incline treadmill <laughs> with my, four hour um six thousand foot workout the other day it was one of those really expensive ones i actually burned the motor up on the thing with a lot of jokes in my family about this and you know no, I've, I've 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 kind of i've played around and tested morpheus off and on and send joel some things like what did i do to it this time and uh, you know like because it doesn't understand ultra runners and i can say that it, i've i've argued with it what it said about what i'm doing like i don't think that's true and then i'll come back and be like man it actually knew like two days before i did that i i pushed a little bit hard on that session so you know it's it's a it's a pretty fascinating program i've kind of been i, I played around i mean i logged a 50 mile race on it once i downloaded 50 miles worth of heart rate data to it before, oh, wow. <laughs> to see what it would do because i you know i like to play with it um and that was kind of fascinating, like what it what it recalculated and how many days in comparison to recovery that maybe Sunto would get. Anyway, I would suggest you know, using this time to to look at all the different tools you have available to check your health and yeah. um, HRV with one of these systems. I would not rec uh, recommend Whoop at all, but I would recommend Morpheus and HRV for training. Those are the two 
right now that I think are some of the better ones on the market. Um, okay. And, and just investigate that as an option as well as getting familiar with um, some of these other cool things like maces and sandbag training and HICT. Absolutely. Yeah, no, those sound pretty cool. I mean, that's kind of the, you know, it sounds like a lot of this stuff too might end up like even after this is over, end up, you know, replacing the gym. So, well, I mean, I think the gyms are a great place. Like if, if you're anything like me and you're, you know, you're kind of, you're in a sport that's somewhat antisocial to begin with, you know, a lot of solo training, it's necessary for the mindset that um, I have to, I have to have to be out on a trail for days on end with nobody around me. Like it's, you know, and I, 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 I'm used to it. So, but it's, it's nice sometimes to go into a gym. I mean, I use a big, huge, really nice facility in town here when it's open and I have my, my older, you know, a lot of the older people that walk around the track and I always tell them they're, they're very motivating to me because if I have a day that I'm kind of just not in, not into it, I cannot do another session. But if I go into the gym and actually do my incline thresholds, this ten, tends to be what I do speed work-wise. I'll run uphill so I don't blow my knees up because if I run flat at the speeds I'd have to go to get my heart rate up high enough, it eventually with the volume I do would just destroy me. So I tend to run uphill. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of one of my cheats. But I'll do it on a. I'll actually do it on a on a treadmill at a gym, so I can get that kind of community interaction. So it is really tough on us, you know. Even those of yeah. us that are, it, it, we kind of miss our friends. But um, it is an, a great opportunity to learn about some of these um, really fun training tools that you can't do very well inside a gym. And outside is good for you. Sunlight, oh, vitamin D um, is is really great for the immune system. So getting out there if you can get outside and get fresh air and if you get some sun which we have had today in washington i'm like super happy about that get out there um i have a lot of friends even just doing yard work as a recovery uh, rest day a lot of my friends do yard work on their rest day as kind of a stretching you know stay active on your rest day from training um Know, but also don't train you know just just stay active move maybe walk a little bit but yeah you know, see my thing is for, for me most time my rest days are the my, my time at work i'm a uh, a safety professional so i either walk job sites or i teach you know okay. classes and safety you know i've first day so it's not really rest day for you well kind of because i pace even when i teach i'll be up there tomorrow i'm supposed to teach a class for you know confined space that'll be a five-hour class and usually i have a fitbit and usually by the end of class i'll have walked you know seven thousand you know steps right because i while i talk i pace and that's even while we're doing this this podcast i have headphones on and i've done probably about six laps around my house so because i just i'm just totally sitting i'm the ultra runner and i'm totally sitting here uh, one thing I've learned over the years being successful as an athlete for this long is that mm-hmm. I'm really lazy on my days off. Like I am, <laughs> I am the queen of lazy. I have learned how to just relax. And, but then when it's time to go, I'll be on, I mean, 48 hours, a hundred hours, I'll just keep going. Like there, I don't stop. So uh, learning kind of how to turn off and then turn on. That's one of the keys. And then this is a good time with all this stuff going on in the world and kind of this confinement and back on our topic, like to learn how to do that. The the mindset, like learn how to relax, just sit there, read a book, take, take yourself off the internet. One of my tricks to the HRV with my clients is 
we're trying to figure out why their HRV is chronically low and they're, you know, an athlete that runs 50 Ks, you know, half the mm-hmm. year, right? They've done a lot and they're really fit. They train eight to 12 hours a week. That's, that's quite a bit of training um, for anyone. And then their HRV is, they're not too old and their HRV is low. So there's something wrong. Their cortisol is inherently high all the time. So we're trying to troubleshoot that when their average is low. And one of the tricks I've found is kind of amazing. Some people, like if you have them delete the apps off their iPhones and their Androids for social media, mm-hmm. their HRV goes up. Their average will start creeping up within several days. Doesn't mean they won't go on there. They can go on there, but they just start using their time in different ways. And they're less, for some people, not everyone, but some people, it's very stressful. And it's amazing what they're like, oh my God, I can't believe that worked. Like, yeah, well, there's some research that explains why this works for some people. But, and some people might make depressed, but with a lot of people, that stuff, especially right now, is really stressing them out. Like, go on there. It's just what on earth, you know? And I I know, I'll tell my husband, I'm going through the phase again. I'm deleting them off my phone. (laughs) I'll log on the computer and look once a day, and that's it. But you start using your time more, you know, to to meditate. Meditation, one of the things that, changes the the shape of your brain um and like the joke that joel has with me is there's definitely something wrong with your brain because of you know the what i do and just the way that i process stress like you want to know what i think it is and there's a lot of books out there like endure there's i could give you a, a laundry list of books that you could read about why this might be but the difference in ultra endurance athletes brains and other people very similar to the studies i've done on buddhist monks where they studied you know, how they put them in machines and watch them when they're meditating and their, their brain actually functions differently. They believe it's because of the meditation. I'll, I'll send you guys those studies, but it's quite fascinating. And I, like I told Joel, it's because I, I'm actually meditating when I run in order to run for that many hours or walk or whatever it is I'm doing. You kind of got to go to a different place, you know, you do. You, you might think for a while, for a couple hours, you're thinking about this and thinking about that. But once you, once you're out and you're hitting 60 miles, 70 miles in a course, Things are getting, your body starts kind of degrading. And no matter mm-hmm. how fit you are, things start going sideways on you. You leave that chemical homeostasis is what, that narrow window of homeostasis. So things start kind of falling apart. It's an accepted thing in ultra. In fact, I actually think we want it to happen because we want to we want to try to manage it. Yeah. You go into a different place. You have, you have to be able to kind of meditate through it. And as you do this over the years, you're, brain actually changes shape and and you can handle crises and like this that's going on right now with a different attitude people are like how are you so calm like well i think i think that my training which could be not just ultra running it could be a lot of different athletes anytime you're training you could you could start using meditation i would suggest using meditation process you know at a point in the day every day and there's a lot of online apps that help like i think there's one actually called meditate or calm but there's mm-hmm. quite a few online apps that can guide you through what I know is kind of hokey wokey stuff. It sounds like it. And I'm, I'm the first to say, just go and lift the goddamn weight up, you know, but <laughs> honestly, no, I, I'm, you know, I don't even get massages. I'm a weird athlete. Like I, I I'm a foam roller. I use Kabuki, Kabuki strength stuff. Um, Chris Stephan. So I'll use the boom sticks, like these heavy, <laughs> these heavy rods basically. And, but I don't really go get massages, but I do think um, mindfulness, essentially um, having a time to just sit and 
and meditate and um, think, just be there. And, uh, you know, there's quite a, there's quite a few books as online resources that can help. And I've posted some on my athletes, my Facebook athlete feed, which is the Phoenix running. And it's, it's basically a coaching feed. And mm-hmm. a few, few weeks ago, I, I posted quite a few resources for this type of mindfulness to help people before the coronavirus big, huge thing occurred, um, just to try to help athletes manage their HRV and, and start finding why, you know, life stress, it's amazing. Life stress can really do a number to us. We're yeah, in denial about it. The other issue is sleeping more. So if you want to really come, you know, especially now sleeping better, sleeping more, which is a tough subject. Cause I mean, I was in denial right. about that one. Um, why we sleep is a really good resource on that one. Um, I did a lecture right before the lecture. I did Nick Lambie, who's um, the online sleep coach is I think what he goes on IG under. Um, and he's, he's got some great material on his IG site. Um, I've actually did an, a consult with him for the, my um, Pacific Crest Trail run because there's some specific sleep requirements that I needed very unusual stuff that I needed to discuss with him um, because 50 mile, uh, 54 miles for 50 days straight, it's a recovery game. That's a recovery yeah. game. So I have to make sure that I get enough sleep. Um, so finding out what your sleep chronotype is, whether or not you're, whether they say a lion, a bear, there's, they've assigned a dolphin. Um, and there's a test you can take online for that. It's free. It's genetic. Uh, I'm a lion. So I, I found out that if I don't go to bed early enough, because I always wake up early no matter what. It does. I cannot sleep during the day. And I didn't know this until recently. So if I miss my sleep window, I'm hosed. My sleep quality yeah. goes down. I'll just wake up. It's like, bing, there she is awake at six o'clock. I've slept one hour. In my races previous to knowing this, I would try to do these 200s and I would try to sleep during the day. And I could never do it. I would lay down in the back of crew vehicle and I'd just give up and just throw a tantrum and walk out. And I haven't slept for 48 hours. But for some reason, I couldn't go to sleep. It's because I'm a lion. So yeah. now that I saw it, this all pertains to people now because working on things that you can work on, like your sleep quality perhaps lowering your caffeine levels down, like don't take any caffeine. And then Nick goes through this, you know, after about 11 o'clock in the morning, if you, some of us like myself have really sensitive caffeine genetically. So have to, I basically, unfortunately had to basically go down to hundred milligrams or less a day. Um, and it has to be in the morning. I can't take it any later. I, my sleep quality goes out of shit. It's, it, you know, and that's a killer. You can't recovery. If you don't sl- recover, yeah. if you don't sleep, you don't recover. And that, that's all kinds of recovery. It's not just from training. It's life stress recovery. Also, alcohol use, unfortunately. I mean, everybody likes, you know, a lot of people do like the glass of wine or whatever. And, but um, any amount of alcohol use after the morning time, and you don't want to encourage people drinking in the morning time, but will mess with your, your REM sleep. And that, that's how your brain, you know, basically resorts itself, reboots yeah. itself. So you'll start having some memory issues. You won't won't be the best when you're typing up your work papers. Um, so, you know, trying to limit the use of that, uh, you know, as much as you can, which is kind of a no brainer, but uh, it really does affect your sleep. Quality. So those sorts of things, when we're stressed out, like now, it's not just the training, what kind of training we can do, but it's also what kind of recovery can we do? What can we work on? Mindfulness, like some of the hokey wokey stuff <laughs> isn't so hokey wokey because it will help your sleep quality. It will lower your cortisol um, and all those things will help you train better. The better sleep quality, there's some shocking studies that Nick has up on his IG account. And I, you know, got to talk to him in person about this, but 
shocking studies. I mean, it's amazing. The, when you basically get five hours of sleep, you screw yourself in body composition. There's a very, you're going to gain body fat and you can train and train. You're still going to have issues with your body comp. So some really um, eye-opening statistics uh, that sleep, if I were to pinpoint one thing that you can do right now is work on your sleep. Uh, I, I, Joel got on me and I've been trying to get eight hours of sleep a night (laughs) and with four kids, that can be kind of interesting, but um, seven, at least seven, um, and I, I, I didn't know it, but I was only getting like five hours of sleep. I, I was, I thought I was sleeping, but apparently I was staying up till midnight watching, you know, binge watching something and, yep. you know, that's what we do. Right. That's me. Right. And, and, yeah. and I'm guilty as hell. My husband also is, is a bear, the sleep chronotype of bear. So he actually, he likes to stay up later, a little bit later than me. And he likes to sleep in later than yeah. I do. I call it sleeping in cause it's not five o'clock. So that was posing some issues, you know, uh, and I was trying to, I was trying to be, do what he was doing and it, oh my God, what a nightmare. As soon as I, I, it took a couple weeks of, and this was last year of me, you know, I, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, what the amount of training I have to do. I, I absolutely, cause my, my HRV was too low. It should be up at basically in the nineties on this Morpheus system. And it was too low. It was not, mm-hmm. it was like 83 like, what is going on? My VO2 max is super high. Like HRV is largely based on VO2 max. So I, I'm like, I don't, this is confusing. I kept troubleshooting, troubleshooting. I don't know what's going on. Turned out it was my sleep. I was not, um, part of that was caffeine intake. I was drinking too much coffee and drinking, taking caffeine after my training sessions, which they always say is good. It's not actually good. Honestly, that's, <laughs> it just, it messes with your cortisol and it doesn't help you recover. And for someone like me, I can't go to sleep as well. I, I might be wired and laying in bed for hours. And as soon as I, it took us several weeks for me changing my sleep arrangements and really trying to go to bed at ridiculously early times for me, it's like nine o'clock, eight thirty, ridiculously early. I mean, you can't even yeah. function, but then I was selling HRV shot way up. It took several weeks and I felt great. I was like, Oh my God, I'm like wide awake. And I body composition got even better uh, my training sessions, I was just killing it. And I was coming back. I was able to do higher loads. I was not as stressed when my kids were coming home and doing what our kids do. And, you know, I was handling life stress a lot better too. So the one thing beyond the, you know, the TRX and the dragging the sleds and all those cool ideas that I would suggest is really working on the sleep quality. Since we're kind of all at home now anyway, um, more time to do that. Don't like, you know, you can turn off the devices. There's all these other tips that you probably read yep. about how to get to bed better. But honestly, we all like watching shows before we go to bed. But maybe having a hard cut off time is kind of what I do. Like, I am not staying up past 10. Like, I have to be heading towards my bed by 10 o'clock. Like, I don't care. I'm going to make myself do it. So it's kind of a medium line for me now. It's I, I The 9 o'clock was really not something I could do and function with my family. But 10 o'clock, I'm like, as soon as that 10 o'clock, I'm going upstairs. Like, we're turning the devices off. And the whole, it's amazing what happened with my kids. Because for them, it's like, they, they at first they fought us because they're all little. You yeah. know, like, you know, 12, 13. But once we started habitually saying 9 o'clock, it, for every, when, when they have school, it's 9 o'clock. Now they just, like, go to bed. It's like, the house empties. Like, they were not getting enough sleep. Apparently we were, <laughs> this all happened last year. We were apparently letting them stay up too late and then they were waking up too early and they need a lot more sleep than us. So now it's like nine o'clock poof. 
and they're in bed and we're like, what happened to them? I mean, we don't even have to say anything because they actually are habituated to going to bed at the right time. They started behavioral patterns, started getting better, the whole damn. So yeah, if I, I go on about this for hours, obviously, but I, I would recommend anything. And I, and I do, I mean, sleep coaching actually is a specialty that now coaches uh, can get certified in. So um, I would, for the coaches listening, you might want to consider talk to Nick Lambie is L-A-M-B-E, uh, the online sleep coaches. He certifies sleep coaches online. He's a great guy. Um, but if anything, you can learn some stuff to help your clients and anybody who's not a coach, definitely um, check out Why We Sleep and a lot of the other resources on sleep, it, like Nick's site. Um, is it, it'll, it'll probably do more for you than the mace will be honest. Like all this time that we have to spend at home right now, use it to learn how to calm down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm not, that's always been, I've always been that person that my mom always said, even when I was a kid, I had two speeds, uh, wide awake in a hundred miles an hour, or I was asleep. That was it. There was no in between for me. And I've always been just that guy. It's a hundred miles an hour or I'm asleep. That's like, you know. That's good. So. You go to sleep easy. Some of us have trouble. I, I have a bit of trouble. There's some ways to kind of, uh, I think Nick says it like using, there's a bunch of techniques that he has, but one of them is to just kind of write everything down on a piece of paper and kind of empty, empty your mind, data mm -hmm. dump it. Cause some of us do that. I tend to kind of start thinking about something like I'm solving world peace or something. I, it's mm -hmm. weird. I wake up at three o'clock and I have like, saw, have five emails that I've written apparently while I was asleep. This is like the joke of the family. Like I'll, I actually have given some interesting things happen when I, as a side note, I, I actually found out um, that humans, when they're exposed to natural light, like in a tent, like I sp sleep outside a lot, a lot of the year um, on the deck or on the tent. I actually do that for, I've done that for a while. It drives my husband insane, but um, I, so I'm exposed to natural light most of the year, the natural cycle I tend to wake up and I thought it was just me. I tend to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and I'm wide awake. Hmm. It's weird. And I'm highly functional. I could do write papers and I just instant. No, I, I have actually written things and uh, like I, cause I, I started, I, it'll do this when I'm out on my really long, like 200 mile push stuff. Like I'll go out and I'll fast pack and self-support. I did this eight day thing and I was waking up every morning at three in my tent, typing things on my phone. It was just weird. Cause I, I don't know. But then about an hour later, I go back to sleep and I'm like out, I'm like sound. I thought it was something weird, but apparently there's a name for it. Honestly, I can't remember the name, but that is something that people like back in the medieval times before we had light bulbs you know, back with fires and uh, mm -hmm. that's what pe how people slept. And there's a whole theory about why that that's a natural human sleep pattern. I talked to Nicky. He's like, oh yeah, I know it is a natural. It's just most people don't live in a natural environment anymore, so they don't they don't have that sleep cycle. Interestingly mm -hmm. enough, so if if you're listening to this and you do that, you might actually be more normal than you think. And there are ways. To, like I just I just try to data dump. Um, I I use those um, you know those blue light blocking glasses now. Um, yeah, I actually found those. I'll, I'll use those about an hour before I go to bed. Um, and it's helped me go to sleep a lot faster. But if I have to, if I wake up and I do this, because sometimes it's really intense and I do write a lot of um, theory, training theory papers and all sorts of stuff like that. So if I, I've got some kind of epiphany, um, I'll get up and I'll wear those and I'll write it down on a piece of paper or type it wherever, whatever I've got there. 
and just relax and not stress out about it. And usually I go right back to sleep, you know, half an hour or something. And there's no harm, no foul. I mean, it's not changing my heart rate variability. Numbers are fine and I get enough sleep. So there's it, learning about why you're doing what you're doing in your sleeping pattern. Sometimes you think you're a freak and you're actually the normal one. Um, yeah. But this is a good time with all this going on that, to kind of explore that stuff uh, in your life. And it directly affects body composition. Uh, huge. Sleep affects every, it's, it's, that's actually one of my things with this, this uh, world record run that I'm going to do is managing my sleep. That's actually one of the biggest things that I've been working on this last year is figuring out how to make sure that I'm getting the right kind of sleep and how much I need every 24 hours and when I should take it, how to manage that. As you can imagine on a trail, like where you've got not regular crew access points and, you know, all sorts of weird shit going on and the tent, you know, so <laughs> that's yeah. an interesting problem. But if I don't sleep properly, the whole thing is going to go downhill fast for me. So that's actually been the oh, key yeah. to my running. And that's the reason why I got hurt when I told you the story about that grade two tear in my quadricep this year is because mm -hmm. I decided not to sleep during my 200. Every other 200 I'd done, I slept every day a little bit. And this year, yeah. because I wanted to try to win, I, and most people that win don't sleep. I decided to push um, way further without sleeping. And, you know, Joel, when I, he found out I was going to do that, and to his credit, said, I think this is a bad idea. And I, and I was like, no, nah, I got to do it. I'm going to risk it. Like, we don't know if I can handle it. And some people can do it. We don't know if I can. So I got to try it. I'm not upset that I tried. I found yeah. a, a hard limit. My hard limit is basically 48 hours. Um, and when I exceed that, my body isn't repairing. I start misstepping slightly because my brain the rem hasn't happened i haven't because I, I didn't sleep really at all like i didn't get any rem sleep so mm -hmm. i started not seeing things correctly not only were the tissues not repaired because i was still actually running you know it wasn't like i was walking a lot of people said i don't understand how this could happen I'm like well if you're running downhill with a giant pack on and you've been running for like 130 miles you know, and you haven't been sleeping, this is quite, and there's rocks and shit everywhere. You can misstep and there goes that, you know? Yeah. So that's what, that's actually what we think happened to me this year. I, and I was very frustrated, but I did find my limit and I came out of it saying, well, sleep is the key. Never do that. The, uh, one of the women that I was running with who ended up placing a little bit ahead of me, but she had been kind of in and out, very nice woman who has, a six or 700 mile FKT in Europe, monster athlete, uh, told me that she, because she, she was trying to help me manage the injury. I was standing in the middle of a river trying to ice it. I mean, it, she was out, it was the middle of night and she's like, oh my God, you know, we're not really vicious with each other out there. So she said, oh, I said, have you been sleeping? I haven't slept at all. And she said, oh, I sleep three hours every day. I said, are you serious? Because I, no one else was doing that. Like, how was she this fast? She's like, yes, that's what I've done in all my and that's how I managed my FKT. I made sure I was sleeping at least that much. And I remember when I was out there, even in my delusional state, I was like, oh, my God. And she ended up, I think, getting fifth. She 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 had a really, even though she wasn't really racing hard, she, amazing how much she slept and for, for that kind of race. And that is pretty how well she did. She ran in that last uh, half marathon is all on pavement on that race. It's flat and it's horrifically, it's like weird. The whole rest of the race is in these mountain trails. And then the last half marathon is completely rode and it's just it's the hardest part because you're yep. just annihilated and from what i can tell it looks like 
she ran the entire um ran that entire thing in rather i think she did like a two hour half marathon so i as a conditioning coach i was like man that's impressive like she definitely knows what she's doing i've i all the all the years i've done this i've seen a lot of delusional athletes usually not me i wasn't quite delusional but um definitely the sleep is 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 the key to everything um it mm-hmm. definitely work takes this time to work on that i would give you that advice for you for your foot and your training also that's sleep first the biggest thing was like how can how can i get avoid getting really sick right now like well sleep make sure you're yeah. sleeping as best you can hydrate and all those other things too go out and get some sun if you can fresh air but sleep learn how to sleep better learn how to sleep better that's the number one on the list yeah oh i agree it should be so but i did want to say we are getting close to about the hour mark which is about where we like to usually keep the episodes um what would you like to say to the listeners in closing i mean last remarks i mean the the sleep everything that you said i mean all this stuff's in my head i'm gonna have to actually go back and listen to this whole episode again so that i can oh you can send me an email. really get everything you, you said you can send me some email or talk to me on facebook i've got um the phoenix running is this my trail name so ultra runners tend to eventually get trail names that someone else gives you it's not my fault <laughs> that's because i broke my femur a, a while back and i got really irritated by it at first i was kind of um very distraught it kind of gave mm-hmm. off like you were talking about with your foot like for a few few seconds i tend to like let myself have a mourning process how the hell could this have happened and then I decided that I was not, I, I could do something, even though they told me I shouldn't really do anything. I was like, I could do something. So I started doing pull-ups, even though they kind of hurt because it kind of pulls, your leg kind of pulls down. And I broke yeah. my femur up in the socket. So it was up in the high, in the ball part. So, and that was a little painful. But I started doing pull-ups for cardio, which was a joke. Like all my friends were like, what on earth, you know? And I got, I just... I came, I would swim in the pool for hours and hours, basically running with a flotation belt on two hours at a time in the swimming pool. And I just got massively strong. Like it was scary. I couldn't really run. I was on crutches, but I just got monstrously strong and ended up coming right out of that and starting Spartans. The first race I did was as, as an elite Spartan and I didn't oh, nice. even fuck that bad. Yeah. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. One of my friends goaded me on, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Cause I'd been climbing. I'd been basically doing overhead work for year plus and so I, I earned the name the phoenix running that was you know but i would suggest you know more things that like we're talking and you're like all these ideas i got to re-listen to this you can go on to the phoenix running on facebook or on instagram and i do post a lot of things experiences for my races um <coughs> training ideas all of that stuff on there from my background and my coaching like it's all on there so and everyone is free to ask questions or PM or DM me. I think it's what's on IG. I'm not really that great with social media, but they will also, my crew will hopefully be posting all the stuff from my run this June on their live, all the updates. This will be several months worth of stuff going up and a live tracker. So you can watch me crawling or whatever I'm doing. So um, yeah, I, I would just say what I said before, uh, start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. Uh, that's okay. Don't, don't, uh, don't give up. You can have a morning process if you're, you're really like, oh, this really sucks. But then just straighten your ponytail and get up, man. Cause I mean, if you're bitching, you're still alive. <laughs> so 
it's very true i mean that is so true if you're if yeah if you're bitching you're still alive well so. i mean you know like we how do you run 100 miles one step at a time it's it's yeah. literally i literally get to the point sometimes it is very humbling where you're like okay i gotta get to that next tree yeah that that is i mean i anybody who's done these things before it could be a marathon knows that's what happened i mean we're not running anymore well, we might think we're running, but we're actually just kind of walking. I mean, I have video of me thinking I was running one of my Dolores, my pacer at Mohab 240 is really fun because I'm in front of her and she's videotaping this and I'm sure I'm running. Oh, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting video. And I, because I've run, you know, I've run walked like 200 miles on just a handful yeah. of hours of sleep. My feet were just blistered all the shit. Like I was, but I was going and I just kept saying, I'm going to go to that next bend. I'm going to go to that next turn. Look at that rock there. I'm going to go there. And I had to actually get get to that point where, you know, just going to do what I can. I'm just going to take the next step. And I'm not going to stress out about it. I'm just going to get to the next aid station because I think they might have, you know, a cheese sandwich or something. You know, I just got to get there and then I'll reassess and take another step out of the aid station and keep going. Like that, that's, that pretty much pertains to everything in life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it just keep absolutely. going. I'll be honest. When I when I've done the Spartans, the times where I've had a couple of them that end up really rough because oh, I had yeah. friends get hurt or I oh, I was yeah. injured but kept going. Well, this is brutal. The, the mantra in my brain is just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Or you know, no. you've got this. I think one of my clients yep. says you got this. Uh, the Spartans, man. I remember the first one. I had done a ton of ultras. I done a hundred plus mile races, like just. And I did my first Spartan. My friends were like, you should go do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. I had no idea what I was doing. I just remember getting to some, I think it was the one in Seattle here. Mm -hmm. I got to the five mile. And I love how they put five miles in this little sign on the side of the course. <laughs> and I was pissed. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I want five miles. I feel like I should be at 15, 20 miles, you know, because yeah. I'm an ultra runner. I'm like so frustrated that I can't run. Because every, I mean, it's like every couple feet, there was another obstacle. I'm like, God damn it. Like, when are we going, you know, like from another athlete, I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's another freaking, op what on earth? And all the Spartans that I had talked to said, oh, we, we use the obstacles to rest from the running. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. The obstacles are hard for me. The running is where yeah. it's at. But I remember getting to that five mile marker and throwing, I was all by myself. It just kind of threw a little mental tantrum. It's like, fuck off. Like, and then I just had to smile. I, I remember doing this because I was like, I just been getting my ass handed to me out here. I'm, I'm, this is good. I need to do more of this because I am weak. I am a yeah. weak person. Like I, and I just kept doing more. I, I, cause they were tough. It was readiness training for an ultra runner that excellent. I mean, I've actually recommended a lot of my athletes go and do Spartans that are ultra runners just so they can see where they're weak. So yeah. Yeah, that you're right. That those things that absolutely just keep going. Just try to take the next step. Yeah, <laughs> that's the key to all of it. That's the key to oh. everything. All right. Well, it's been amazing talking to you, and I am sure I'm gonna I'm gonna have to talk to Dawn, and we're definitely gonna have to have you on again and talk again because this was a blast, and I feel like we could have kept going for another hour. So yeah, probably probably. Um, come up with a singular subject to keep me on track <laughs> <laughs> oh you're like me my brain goes everywhere yeah, so it's... this was this yeah. was perfect so thank you for for everything um 
uh, I will be emailing you. Me or Don will be emailing you after this, and you know any information that you know you you want to give that you want to make sure we get out to people when we, you know, sure, post can, the episode. That'd be great. I can give you guys some of those um, resources that I was talking about. Some of the links to the resources on the sleeping and the HRV training and all that stuff. That if you want to use that, uh, yeah. the H I C T high intensity continuous training link that Mike has, um, and all that good good stuff. No problem. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Becky. Um, and I will, I will be talking to you soon. Okay. Thanks guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Is your event canceled? Is everything out there closed? Well, here at BeastNet, we found something that everybody can do. It's the everything live is canceled virtual race. And we have options for people who can get outdoors and those who can't join us and Brian Showman from Get Your Fix Physical Therapy. Find the details on BeastNet's Facebook and website, www.beastnetpod.com. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet Podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.